0: Pure evil. Famine, pestilence, war, disease, and death. They rule this world. The unchained elements of the powers of darkness are lying in ambush. Beware! The boat can leave now. Tell the crew. This is Cannibal Holocaust. Horror cinemas underrated unreleased, and unbelievable. Imagine, if you will, hearing about an amazing live performance from a band that never records an album, an accomplished chef raves about their best dish but never puts it on the menu, or god forbid a beautiful soft cat that absolutely refuses to be pet. All the things that entertain us and give us joy, artistically speaking or not, should be available, should it not? When it comes to indulging in cinematic pleasures, there are, unfortunately, plenty of contributors, or should I say, suspects in providing a turnoff. Terms like copyright, licensing, and other legal drivel are a sad reality in the big business of celluloid. Not to mention other quite common quandaries like the dreaded loss or damage original film prints, and there may not be a genre more affected by this than the horror genre. My name is Tom, and welcome to Cannibal Holocaust. The horror genre unconditionally coexists with all of us. Its rabid fan base. It accepts our incessant critiques and general snobbery. The film catalog is vast and seemingly eternal. Therefore, attributing to what I consider the Lay's potato chips of genres, we always want more, and it's that passion and said vastness that allows us to always be the hunter. And with plenty to be hunted, our genre is always in season. What is it about the obscure that seems to attract us to such manic levels? While many of us fear the unknown in our normal lives, within the world of art, we crave it. Is it about being the first one to find it, which, in turn, perhaps gives us some sort of fabricated ownership? Is it strictly to flaunt the depth of your cinematic knowledge to a few people you'll never meet on a social media platform? Or is it, for me anyway, strictly a successful ending to another search? The rock was moved, the hole was dug, and you found something. Something that should and needs to be found. Another horror film. So as stated in the intro to this show wonderfully put together by my close and talented friend Jay Zagoda, I might add, I will be touching upon the genres underrated, unreleased, and unbelievable. Now we've already covered the unbelievable and an underrated. Now for an unreleased. For shows with this theme I will be moving another rock to uncover a gem of a film that I feel should be released and should be seen. And that's where the world of physical media, which to some is a dying world, certainly alive and well for others like myself who collect, can really play a pivotal role in helping to extricate these forgotten, ignored, and lost films. Physical media proprietors like Arrow Video, Severn Films, and Vinegar Syndrome have done wonders over the last several years for this most honorable cause. Now in the future on this show, if you were to suddenly hear a noise that sounds something like this. It indicates some great news as another film has at last been given its due with a release. Well, let's give it a test run then. Okay folks, this month Severn will be releasing a film that certainly fits into this criteria. Previously only available on bootlegs and a few murky foreign VHS tapes, which is usually the case with these films, is 1989's The Black Cat, helmed by Italian stalwart Luigi Cosi, and a cast that includes a fellow great director, Michele Soavi, And a genre legend, the sexy Carolyn Monroe. And this is where the importance of physical media and its subsequent support comes into play. As fans, we need to purchase these films and show these distributors that the effort they put forth was, in fact, not in vain. Even if the streaming route is more to your liking when watching films, at the least for films such as this, get physical. Not only are you carrying the torch for unreleased art, you're also supporting small business, which, of course, needs us now more than ever. And with that said, I will be showcasing another 1980s Italian film that, hopefully, is granted the same overdue fate as Kazi's film. In case you haven't noticed now, through three episodes, I am a certifiable zealot when it comes to horror films of the Italian persuasion. I often have to temper my emotions when approaching the subject, particularly when I come across an Italian film I have yet to have seen. And may I first suggest grabbing one of your favorite alcoholic elixirs and taking a liberal swig each time you hear me butcher a forthcoming Italian name. I apologize in advance. Cheers. Now fortunately, I suppose to an extent, unfortunately, there are still a considerable amount of Italian films that have yet to see the light of day. The prolific run of Italian genre cinema reached its peak in the late 70s to mid 80s. The unfortunate and rather quick decline beginning in the late 80s ironically coincides with what was happening here in the United States with the once popular and quite profitable slasher subgenre. So as ideas became stale, markets saturated, and filmgoers' taste changed, so would the Italian film industry and its commitment to back studio genre films. This general malaise would begin to plague even the most accomplished and legendary filmmakers, like Lamberto Bava, Dario Argento, Sergio Martino, and Roger Deodato. They kept making films, but the quality and merits of which can certainly be debated. Many cite, and rightfully so, 1994's masterpiece Della Morte Della More, aka Cemetery Man, directed by Michele Soavi, as the last great Italian horror film, a title that would unfortunately, hold up for decades. The proverbial kibosh on Italian genre cinema by studios is a sad reality to this day. Luckily, however, for us horror fans, over the last 10 to 15 years, several talented independent filmmakers have allowed us to be able to use the moniker Modern Italian Horror. Ivan Zuccon has been the torchbearer for this welcomed renaissance, making feature-length films since 2000, including some outstanding H.P. Lovecraft adaptations, 2008's Color from the Dark, and last year's terrific and ambitious Herbert West: Reanimator. We also have Raphael Piccio's atmospheric, gory, and mean-spirited Morituras, Gabrielle Evonisi's Wild and Unpredictable The Last House in the Woods, Federico Zampaglioni's grimy war-themed slasher Shadow, and the stylish *Talpa*. And then we have Lorenzo Bianchini, who, in my mind, finally ended Della Del More's reign as the last great Italian horror film, with his atmospheric and very creepy 2013's Across the River. And while not directly from Italy itself, we have also reaped the rewards of a handful of French filmmakers who decided to pay homage to the heyday of Italian horror, particularly the giallo subgenre. These aren't just watered-down attempts at a retro resurgence. These are truly great films that have been all over my award show over the last several years. Films like Amr, The Strange Color of Your Body's Tears, Francesca, Abracadabra, and Knife Plus Heart. Films that I guarantee will warm the black heart of the most cynical and incredulous horror snob. And all of these titles I just mentioned are available in both streaming platforms as well as physical media. So please watch and support them. I mentioned earlier those nearly three full decades of great italian horror cinema is so vast and was so prolific that there are still so many uh emotions to be tempered (laughs) so the film i will be discussing today is one that i think is quite ideal for the spooky season that i hope you're all enjoying here we go bottles up Gianfranco Giagni's incredibly impressive debut from 1988, The Spider Labyrinth, a film that tragically was Gianfranco's lone foray into the genre. The Spider Labyrinth tells us the story of a language professor sent to Budapest to find a colleague who has gone missing. This search entails translating ancient tablets from a pre-Christian religion, which subsequently leads to a labyrinth of paranoia, mysticism, bizarre murders, and unholy secrets. Now this is not just an obscure oddity or a rarity to satiate the most devout Italian fan. This film not only wears its influences on its sleeve, but the shirt from which that sleeve derives is simply beautiful. Those said influences are only taken from the very best. The cinematography, such as a wonderful staircase scene and atmospherics rival the master himself, Mario Bava. Some set pieces and kills, including a thrilling white sheet setup clearly homages Argento. The authentic locale, with its stunning old world architecture, lends the perfect gothic horror aesthetic. And while not really appearing until the second half of the film, the effects are superb, not surprising coming from Italian legend Sergio Stavalletti, including a wonderfully memorable creature gag during the final act. A fanged old witch, a bouncing black ball, a stop-motion spider, and plenty of gorgeously lit hallways and rooms will certainly arouse a splendid reminder of all the reasons you love the films before it. And I'd be remiss if I didn't offer one last nugget of eye candy. I mean, it is almost Halloween. A pivotal character, Genevieve, who assists our leading man, played by Paolo Rinaldi, is simply gorgeous. And I must say, somewhat reminds me of a Euro-Babe version of actress Julia Louis-Dreyfus of Seinfeld fame. And, uh... Yes, that is now the second time I've mentioned her in just under three episodes. I don't know, I got nothing. But it's not just all style. There is certainly some substance to be had as well. The story itself is surprisingly engrossing, especially considering our lead character, Professor Allen, played by Roland Rybenga, is as wooden as Christ's cross, and features plenty of conspiracy and cult intrigue and evocative conversations, hitting on themes of religion and philosophy, which in turn, admittedly, could make the methodical build of the film perhaps a bit too inscrutable for some. Now lastly, I must mention another element of the film that may add even more savory flavor to some horror palettes. While not overtly presented and perhaps not even intentional by director Gagney, there is, at least for me and some other perspectives out there, an H.P. Lovecraft-rooted influence. In his 2001 book, The Complete H.P. Lovecraft Mm -hmm. Filmography, Charles P. Mitchell refers to The Spider Labyrinth as, quote, one of the finest of all films inspired by Lovecraft. The secret cult, a tortured professor, ancient gods, creatures, uneasy and feverishly nightmarish. All parallels indeed. Luckily, over the years, for the few that have seen it, the film has garnered plenty of praise. Now for the time being, where can you see it? Most available sources come from a Japanese VHS which is Available on YouTube, as well as plenty of bootleggers who offer it on DVD. Very watchable in terms of quality, but this great 80s Italian horror deserves much more. It deserves the best. I can only hope Arrow Video, or Severn Films, or maybe even the new Cauldron label, will eventually release the Spider. Because all art should be heard, seen, and experienced. If you have seen this film, Tell me your thoughts and please, if you enjoy what you hear, share with your friends and help spread the word of this podcast. I want to take a minute and thank my daughter, Hope, for her great editing work on the show as she is my producer. And I of course want to wish all of you happy October and of course, happy Halloween. Certainly for us horror fans, the most wonderful time of the year. Thank you so much for listening. Stay safe, stay scared, and I hope you join me next time on am Cannibal Holocaust.